You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Brian Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Today, I've got the one and only Mr. Malcolm Reed. 1.28 million subscribers on YouTube. Oh, auto-playing TikTok <laughs> just blasted in my ears. But uh, what do you got? You got 600-some odd, uh, 638,000 followers on TikTok. 200,000 on Instagram and who cares about Twitter, but Malcolm, thank you very much for joining the podcast. Hey, thanks for, for inviting me on, man. I'm excited to, to come on and talk to you today. So I've been, I've been hyping this up for a while, but for uh, the listeners that probably don't know uh, about you, can you give us a little bit of insight into who you are and how you got started in what you're doing? Sure. Well, you know, I, I, my name is Malcolm Breed and I do barbecue, man. No, uh, uh, I got into I got into barbecue from the competition side of things. I grew up in a town called South Haven, Mississippi, which is it's kind of a suburb of Memphis. And if you know uh, Memphis, you know it's synonymous with, for, with barbecue. And pork uh, barbecue is king in Memphis, and they have the world championship there every year, Memphis in May. It's the biggest pork cooking contest on the planet. And, uh, you know, just growing up in, in South Haven, we had a small town festival that, that was kind of a a preliminary for Memphis and May. The big teams use that contest to tune up for the world championship. And so I grew up going to that contest. And as we got older, uh, you know, we jumped on the barbecue team with uh, some friends. Uh, their dads had a team and me and my brother uh, was cooking with them. The name was Killer Hogs. And those guys got older and retired. And my brother and I decided we wanted to keep the team going. So, we, you know, we, we just stuck with the name Killer Hogs. And um, you know, as years went on, we just did uh, small, you know, kind of amateur backyard style barbecues. Then I met my wife and she kind of took it mainstream. She, she, she saw potential in what we were doing and decided, you know, that I needed to, to uh, start a newsletter up, start a website up. We, we started howtobarbecuewrite.com. And at first it was just about the competition side of things. But we quickly realized that everybody in their backyard is not really interested in the competition side. They just want to learn how to cook better barbecue. So I went on this journey to, to learn how to cook better barbecue and to share everything I'm learning along the way. And that's kind of what we do. We do it on all the social channels. You know, YouTube's our biggest, of course. But but uh, we do Facebook. We do Instagram. We, we you know do tr- Twitter a little bit. But uh, TikTok's the one that's up and coming that we're having a lot of fun with. I can kind of be a little more myself and throw some drinks in there and throw some other cooking besides just barbecue. We're just having a blast with it, man. TikTok is a lot of fun. I, if you're on TikTok at all, uh, you got to check out Malcolm Reed at how to barbecue right on there because it is, it's cool because it's short little videos. You know, I like watching YouTube to actually learn, but if you just want to, you know, binge watch some fun food stuff, Malcolm on Twitter is, is awesome. And I think the uh, throwing hot dogs in your mouth was one of the funniest things I've seen on TikTok, <laughs> but uh 
So I, I was I was on Facebook and I was watching some of the uh, the things that you were doing on there, and you were talking about the Palmer Home and how you were raising money, and that we actually had the opportunity to not only give money but start our own fundraisers. And I figured since I have a, a podcast and I know uh, a lot of the my listeners are very very generous, I thought this would be an opportunity for us to, to do some good. But um, it was the first that I had heard of the Palmer Home. Could you kind of give us a little bit of insight, maybe do a better job explaining uh, who they are and what they do than, than I've been doing? Sure. Well, the Palmer Home, um, they're, they're actually in our hometown of Hernando, Mississippi. And what they do, um, they, they take in kids that are, that are struggling, whether it be, you know, family troubles or whatever. They're, you know, they're, they're uh, displaced from their moms and dads, and they actually house them. Um, it's not like an orphanage, the traditional thing. They place them in family units where they actually have a mom and dad that live with them. And there's like eight kids to each house. And, and they try to give them a normal environment. They get them in schools. They get them in, you know, programs, sports, all this stuff. And then, um, you know, they're, they're always, you know, needing help because it is, they're, they're a nonprofit. So every, you know, every dollar they raise doesn't come from the government. It just comes from private donors or people helping them out or, you know, the, the, the chair, the, charity events that they do to raise money throughout the year to help these kids. And so we, we kind of, Shell and I took it upon ourselves as, since it's in our backyard to help these guys out. And so I, I kind of got into, you know, donating to some of their events. And then we've, you know, as the years have grown, we've, we've kind of, you know, stepped it up every year. And this year we're trying to raise 20 grand for them because that's how much. We're having some technical difficulties. You there, Malcolm? I think I lost you. Out this fundraiser was, uh, you know, trying to, oh, there we go. Uh, to raise this money for them. So, uh, yeah. So for those of you that don't know, uh, we just cracked 500. looks like Malcolm's probably going to get to that 20,000, um, cause he's at 17,600, but if you wanted to donate to that, and I would encourage you to do so, um, you can go on the Facebook group. It's the pinned post there. You can check me out on Twitter. My pinned post there is going to have a link to the fundraiser or reach out to me anywhere and uh, I'll get you hooked up to that. And, uh, we'll, we'll, again, every little bit counts. Um, even I've even had some people just Venmo me the money and I'll do it if you don't want to go through the, the setup of getting a credit card and all that kind of stuff. But if you wanted to give anything, just go ahead and uh, we'll make sure that we can we can get that set up because um, it is a very, very uh, worthy cause. But there is one big elephant in the room, Malcolm, that I think we got to get out of the way. Um, I was going through your podcast. It sounds to me like it's possible that you might be a Vikings fan. So if that's true, if you could do me a favor and explain how somebody from Mississippi ends up um, becoming a fan of, of such a just terrible football team. Well, come on, don't, don't, don't hate me. <laughs> no, it, it goes back. It actually goes back a long time ago. The Vikings uh, came to Memphis. Um, man, this had to be like 1987, 88. Um, me and my brother were just kids, and my dad scored some tickets to go see a preseason game. It was the Vikings and the Chiefs. And our tickets happened to be on the Vikings side. This was, uh, you know, the Vikings weren't a good team back then, but we just were drawn to the, the, the purple and gold. And that was mine and my brother's first taste of professional football. And ever since we were kids, you know, we, we started watching the Vikings. We turned up, you know, they weren't in our market by any means, but we didn't, you know, so we didn't get to see them all the time. But it seems like they always either played the Lions or the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Uh, they had some good rivalries, rivalries with the Bears, of course, the Packers. And, and we just grow up, uh, grew up. You know, Herschel Walker came there, and he was going to be the saving hope, <laughs> the great running back at, at Minnesota. And it was just it was a good, it was a good time growing up watching the Vikings. And it was something different. You know, everybody was a Cowboys fan or a Saints fan. Or, you know, when the Rams went to St. Louis, that was the, that was the teams that, that uh, 
my buddies followed, and we were just different because we picked the Minnesota Vikings. And it's a love-hate relationship with them because – I'm sure. You know, we've, <laughs> we've never really won anything. We made it to the NFC Championship a couple times, but, but it's been some heartbreakers being a Vikings fan. Well, that was actually going to be my next question. The, the more prominent teams, I have to assume they're mostly Southern teams in the barbecue circuit, Cowboys, Saints, and those kinds of things. Uh, you kind of already covered those, but are there any prominent uh, barbecue teams that you can think of that are, that are Packer fans? Um, you know, I'm pretty sure uh, Travis Clark is a big Packers fan. He's out in Oklahoma. Okay. But I think I've seen him posting about being a huge Packers fan. Um, you know, I, we've, I've cooked Packers, Packers have a good following in Mississippi because of Brett Farr. That's true. You know, he's, he's a Southern Miss guy born in there, you know, from Hattiesburg area down South, the South part of the state. But, uh, so, you know, we, we get our dose of the pack here because of the Brett Farr tie, but, you oh. know, I got to watch you play in Minnesota a few years. Right. Too, I know, I know y'all probably hated that. <laughs> well, I may have to, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to be name dropping you if I try to get Travis or somebody else on the podcast. So, all right, let's, let's, uh, hey, that's let's, cool, man. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll probably come on there. <laughs> let's, uh, let's transition a little bit and let's start talking about food. Cause one, one of the things that I actually like is as much as, you know, it's in the, in the realm of what I do, football stuff, it gets pretty heated between Packers fans, Vikings fans, Bear fans, et cetera. But one of the things I took a little break cause we just bought a new house and I was just binge binging your podcast and a bunch of barbecue stuff. And it was how tight knit the community was and how much everybody, even when you're competing against each other, everybody kind of got along and, I just really like that aspect of barbecue and how it kind of brings people together. And I think that's a really awesome aspect to it. As much as it might seem weird to, to have a, a food guy on a, on a podcast, I think they go together really, really well. And it really just kind of mends, you know, maybe, maybe you can kind of get along with some other people on other teams if you're, if you're talking about food and whatnot. But um, I, do, I do really appreciate that aspect of it. And it kind of, kind of made me jealous a little bit that you're so close with, <laughs> with all your competitors and it's, it's so uh, it's it's a blood sport over here. But all right, let's let's start from the beginning, though, because some of the people that are listening maybe haven't quite broken in yet. Um, if somebody hasn't really gotten into grilling out or anything like that, what would you recommend that they go out and get? Well, man, I, I get asked this question all the time. And if you're really you know wanting to learn how to, to, to cook some good food on a grill and have some options, the best place to start is with the, like a Weber kettle style grill because you can do so much more than just grill on it. You can set that thing up for two zone cooking. You can cook low and slow on it. You have to learn fire management. You have to learn how to get the coals right, how to set the vents, how to get the airflow, how to control the temps on an inexpensive grill. It's a challenge. But once you learn how to cook on one of those, you can go to just about any grill. You already got the fundamentals down and you can go to cooking. You know, it's just scalability or it's probably gonna be easier when you make the transition to another style of grill. Uh, you know, and if, then if people tell me they don't want to really, they want to cook some barbecue or they want to, you know, have some options, but they don't want to mess with the fire, I'd lead them towards the pellet grill there. It's a great entry level grill too, but it's pretty much set and forget. So those are the two styles that, that I think someone that's just getting started out, they want to, you know, they want to cook outdoors. They want to, you know, they want to smoke some meat. They also want to have the options to grill. If you'll get you a kettle or a pellet grill. You're, you're well on your way. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny because I just, so I, I started out with a Weber. I had that for about two years and was making food. And I'll be honest, I didn't really learn fire management very well. I was just hot and fast fiend, but um, I just recently got my pellet grill. And my, my thought process was a Weber is, you know, it, it makes food on kind of a lower level. It's not very good. And once you kind of work your way up to a pellet grill, that's when you're making good food. 
I'll be honest, man, that, that Weber makes some unbelievable food and I kind of miss it. I might, I'm thinking this weekend, I'm going to go back to, to some of the, you know, some pork chops and stuff on the Weber, Weber grill, because if your thought process, and maybe you disagree, but if your thought process is that's a starter, but it doesn't make as good a food, I, I disagree. I think depending on what you're cooking, um, some of that charcoal food is some of the best food I've ever had. Burgers, pork chops, even pork loin. I, I just, I think I prefer it on the Weber. Yeah, there's there's no substitute for meat juices dripping on coals. Yeah. That's why that Weber kettle flavor is what it is. Um, and you're not, you just don't get that on a pellet grill. Yeah. Now you get ease of use and you know it's 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 pretty much set and forget, but the, the flavor is not the same as you get when you're actually burning some charcoal, adding some wood to it for some smoke, and charring that meat right over that fire. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, even a propane grill doesn't get the same flavor as it does cooking on a Weber. And I don't get paid by Weber anyway, man. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's probably the number one selling grill in the in the world, but just because it you know it works. Yeah. So don't, don't point is don't skip that step. If, if you're looking, don't launch yourself into a pellet grill, get, get the Weber and start off. It's real cheap and you're going to make some amazing food. But that kind of leads me to my next question because um, I haven't talked to my wife about it because she's doesn't want to hear it, but I'm already thinking about what I should be getting next after the pellet grill. And my thought process is a drum smoker, but what, where would you kind of lead me in that direction and in, in whatever direction? Hey, I know we haven't talked about this firsthand. That's the first time you asked me, but I would say the exact same thing. Yeah. The reason being, um, and this is if you're cooking in your backyard, you know, yep. you're not trying to right. produce a lot of food and feed a ton of people. It's perfect for a family, small gatherings, but that drum, that drum smoker goes back to the authentic barbecue flavor. Yeah. It's the closest you're going to get to where the way I grew up, where hogs were cooked on these brick pits and they shoveled the coals under them. And the meat juices, once again, they drip down on the coals and they produce that, that beautiful aroma. It mixes with the, the, the smoke, and that's what adheres to the meat. That's what barbecue is. And you get that with the drum. You don't get it on any other, you don't get it on any other pit because most of them, they're, the fire's off somewhere else. It's offset or it's in a firebox somewhere or it's separated by a water pan or, you know, another cook chamber of some type. But on a drum, you're actually cooking about 24 inches above those hot coals the whole time. And so it produces that authentic flavor. And it, it kind of seems like the best of both worlds to me because I want to be able to smoke the pork shoulder and some of the bigger cuts of meat. And I know you can do it on a Weber, but it, it's, it feels like kind of taking your big heavy hammer and using it or big heavy screwdriver and using it as a hammer. Um, I want to be able to, to still have those flavors, but also be able to cook those big kinds of meat. So it, it just felt like the natural next step for me. Yeah, and what you get with the drum is you get longer cook times. Right. You know, with the Weber, I mean, they, they have the same rack, essentially. They're both a 22-inch rack. Yep. But the Weber, you're much more closer to the fire. So it, it wants to cook at higher temps. You're limited because if you put all your coals on one side or you snake them around, you don't have much cooking great surface because you don't want the meat over any of the live coals for those long cooks. Well, on a drum, you know, you, you put – a chimney full of coals in the bottom and maybe a few fresh and you're going to burn 12 to 14 hours at a, at a low temp, like 250. And so you're thinking, you know, you can cook, it, it puts you in a bit of a cook whole briskets, whole, you know, pork yeah. shoulders, pork butts, ribs, all the good stuff that you want to do those long, low and slow smokes on. You're not worried about the fire as much. The man, the fire management on the drum is simple. As long as you don't, as long as you have the vents checked back pretty much to about a quarter open intake and exhaust and you keep the lid shut, it wants to run 250, 275. There's no guesswork to it. Now, where you go wrong is if you take the lid off and you step away, all yeah. of a sudden you've introduced all that oxygen into your fire and man, it'll, 
I know you've seen the guys out probably at the Packers games with the, with the burn barrel going. That's what you're going to have. It's going to be a raging fire. Yeah, and like I said, I know you can do it on a Weber. I, I just – I never got that down. I, I one time tried to do low and slow. Somebody was saying if you do like a, a half a chimney or whatever and do indirect, I could not get that. And I got a smaller Weber. It's, it's the 18-inch or whatever, but I could not get that below 400 degrees. So I, I hot and fasted some ribs. It was still, it was still good, but that's obviously not ideal. Hey, I know a guy's got some videos on how to run that Weber. So you check out, check out that YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, actually, you know what, before we launch into uh, some of the, some of the better foods, why don't we go ahead and take a break right here again, please check out the uh, Palmer home for children. Uh, we're trying to get up to 20,000 and um, I think we're going to be able to get there relatively quickly. Reach out to me and we can get that done. If you want to donate to me directly to help support the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Malcolm. Um, I want to talk about now. All right, so we, we've, got our, we've got our equipment laid out. Now we want to start hosting some parties. I just, I just recently bought a house. I got my pellet grill, and I'm excited to get people over for the Packers games. So I want to kind of break this down into separate categories and kind of look at um, the, the proteins as well as some of the sides. But let's just say, let's start simple. Let's say you don't have any friends and nobody likes you and you don't have a family and you're just going to hang out by yourself and you're going to make yourself some delicious food 
for a football game. What are you, what are you probably going to make for yourself? And I'm probably, I'm, I'm probably going to cook a pork butt, man. Oh yeah. I'll, you know, it's, it's, it's it, because I can do so much with it. You know, right. it's going to feed me over the course of the whole game. I'm going to watch college ball on Saturday, cook that pork butt. There you go. And I'm going to have plenty left over to make nachos, to, to make sandwiches, whatever, <laughs> egg rolls, whatever I want. It makes great tacos. I can freeze it. If it's just me, I'm, I'm going to eat all week on it. We're going to, we're going to watch all the games on Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night. And if we're late on Thursday night, we, we can eat all week on that pork butt. See, that's why you're smarter than me. I would have grilled a steak and then starved on Monday. um all right so i guess we'll just move so let's say you've got just for your family right you've got uh you your wife and your son or let's say me and my family or maybe it's just you and a couple buddies what what are you kind of what are you leaning toward well you know and i know you probably uh, sausages we cook a ton of i think we lost him you know the bratwurst up there i know so you know what do you have johnsonville what's the other big brand that's kind of the rival um I had a, I had a gentleman send me some. I wish I could. I can't think of the name of them, but they were awesome, awesome sausages. But I'm cooking. I'm cooking a big pan of brats, man, for football. We'll always have, uh, you know, brats and peppers and onions and all that good stuff. All the toppings to go with it. Yeah, I, I actually um, just we do a lot I, of sausage and cheese plates. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, just last night I had some leftover brats, and I, granted, I hadn't eaten hardly all day, but I was sitting there thinking this has to be one of the most underrated foods out there. It was just just regular Johnsonville brats, but man, those things are good. And they don't get nearly the, the amount of respect they deserve. So I love that you talk about that a lot. And that, and it's so, it's so simple. It's one of the things you really just can't mess it up. It's not like chicken where if you overcook it by a little, you really messed up or, you know, you don't have to sit there and watch it like some of the other cuts of meat. Brats are so simple. You just throw them on the grill and, you know, you, you're not just warming them up, but you basically are, especially if you're maybe boiling them ahead of time in beer or whatever you're doing. And you can make a ton of them and they're just, they're delicious. You can't miss with brats. That's exactly. I mean, I start them out on a pellet grill in a, in a shallow pan with some beer. Yeah. Kind of get the fat broke down in them, and then I move them over to the side and just let them kind of color up. You know, you don't you don't worry about poking the skin. You don't lose all that juice. They get a little bit of a smoke flavor to them, and then I'll take that same pan, dump that beer out, and then put some butter and some onions and peppers in there, and just kind of saute that down. Put the brats back over in it as they color up, and then you're ready to go for game time. All right, so let's let's up it a little bit. Let's say we're having a big party, and I, I know pork butt is going to be a pretty good answer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna remove that from your arsenal. But let's say we got a big gathering, the whole family and a bunch of friends are coming over, and you got a barbecue for them all. What what's going to be your go to? Um, we're probably gonna. I mean, I, I usually try to throw out three proteins. Yeah. Usually I stick with with chicken, pork, and then some kind of beef. Um, if I'm doing beef for a crowd, it's it's probably. I mean, brisket's time consuming. So, you know, that, that's kind of tough, but a lot of times I'll do tri-tips. And you, oh, you, yeah. I don't know if you see tri-tips in Wisconsin. It's something I, that's kind of coming on here. You know, they're a West Coast thing, but now you're, you're able to find them, and they are unbelievable. They cook fast on a grill. It's like grilling a steak, just a little bit bigger, and they feed a lot of people. Yeah. It, we, chicken, I, I'm going pulled chicken. Yeah. No, I, I don't see it very often, but to be fair, in Wisconsin, we don't see a lot of brisket either. So <laughs> we, we get hamburger meat and – uh and you know steaks and that's about it but um no I, I have seen a lot of videos on that and i know it's extremely popular right now the tri-tip so if you can find it um and i'm sure you can go to a butcher or whatever but in your local grocery store if you can find it or whatever i would definitely grab it um i did try it once and it's it's pretty fantastic um all right so and i know brats are kind of the go-to answer here but also what, what's something else that you would do if we're doing tailgate 
So you're going out and you're probably just bringing your Weber out or whatever. What, what are some great tailgate options? Well, you know, I like to do sliders or things that you can, when, I, when I'm at a tailgate, usually I'm thinking I, I need something I could stand up, you know, hold it one hand, maybe have a beer in the other hand. So, so we'll do a lot of sliders and it goes like, if I do, I can do, I can bring some pulled pork to the tailgate with me. I can bring some pulled chicken and we could, we take Hawaiian rolls or little slider buns and we cut them in half. We'll warm those, you know, it, it's easy to, to warm that up at home, take a dry cooler and keep the meat warm. When you get to the tailgate, all you gotta do is assemble it. So we'll make, you know, a couple different slaws or some different, you know, sauces to go with it. So everybody's got kind of finger food. Um, wings, man, you, you, you can't oh, have yeah. a tailgate without having wings. That yeah. kind of goes hand in hand with the brats. <laughs> so we do a lot of smoked wings. Um, you know, I like tossing them in different sauces too. They're fine barbecue style, but, you know, there's, you can throw a wing sauce together, a couple of them together, and bring them out to the tailgate. And as the wings come off, toss them and give people a variety. Um Little, the little, I know. Have you seen the, the, the meatballs I've done where I wrap them in bacon? Oh, yeah. I just it's watched simple. that a little bit it's ago. It's like a, a fresh meatball wrapped in bacon, a little bit of barbecue rub on them, tooth, toothpick them. You can do that, put it on the pit. They're done in an hour. So, they're, you know, it's not like it's a hard cook time. Those are easy to do at a tailgate. And this is something that you guys may not do up there, but it's real big in the South, or at least Memphis, is barbecue bologna. If you've ever yeah. had, we call it Mississippi prime rib down here. It's cheap feeds a lot of people and there's a lot of people that say they don't eat bologna but when you put there's something about scoring that big chub of bologna seasoning yeah. it with rub putting it on the pit glazing it with sauce and then cutting it up man people go crazy over it well and it's one of those things too where i think if anybody up here has had bologna myself included it was when we were kids we were forced to eat it and it was oscar meyer bologna so <laughs> you know it's it's kind of the same with with ham you know when i was younger um, we, we, you just get, you know, ham sandwiches or whatever, and it's kind of mediocre. And somebody, I was a lot older the first time I had like a legit actual ham. And I was like, Oh, why are you making ham? This is, but when you eat an actual ham that was grilled and, and it's got the glaze on it, it's like, I've never, what is this? This is not ham. I've never had this before. So, um, I'm a little hesitant to have bologna because, you know, bad experiences, but I do want to try it at some point. Um, I might have to figure out where exactly you find a big chunk of bologna like that. But when I find it, I'm definitely going to try it out. Um, all right, let's, let's talk a couple sides. What are, you obviously got some, some cool uh, options there, but to go with some of these proteins with some of these uh, little parties that we're throwing, uh, we're back home in the backyard. What are a couple nice, easy sides that you can either do on the, maybe throw it also on the grill or just inside? Well, you got to do beans, man. We, you know, we call them barbecue beans or barbecue baked beans. Um, I've got a recipe for an apple pie baked bean that's awesome. And it's, you know, it, it's one of those where it's loaded with meat. It starts with a pound of ground beef and a pound of breakfast sausage. Of course, it has vegetables in it, like peppers and onions and, and all the good stuff. Uh, usually we'll start with like a base of bushes, baked, just a regular bushes baked bean out of the can. And we soup it all up, but I take a couple cans of apple pie filling and, and kind of chop it all up to where it's a even consistency about the, you know, the size of the peppers and onions. And we mix that in there and add brown sugar and barbecue sauce, throw it on the pit. And you forget about beans on the pit. You just want to get them, you know, in about 250, 275, leave them uncovered so they get some smoke on them and let them sit there while everything else is cooking and just let it come together and reduce down. That's one of the easiest barbecue sides you can make. Sure. Um, you probably, you know, we, we always serve like coleslaw, potato salad, the classics. Yep. Uh, you can doctor those up and go some different ways. You know, I've got, I've got one where I do a green apple coleslaw. That's something that's a little different. 
but you shred up, you know, you shred up some green apple on a box grater along with your cabbage. And it just gives it a little crispness and a little tartness. Um, you know, there's, there's a, a macaroni and cheese recipe that I do that people go crazy for. You don't think of cooking macaroni and cheese on a, on a smoker or on mm -hmm. a barbecue pit. But once you put it on there and, you know, and just let it, it comes together, the cheese melts, it's gooey, the top gets sticky and it's all buttery and you put a little crumbly uh, cracker crust on top, man, it's a fantastic macaroni and cheese. I stole that one from Rochelle. She's the <laughs> I heard she's got a real queen. good mac and cheese recipe. <laughs> um, all right. So another kind of uncommon question, but believe it or not, my wife is actually vegetarian. Um, I'm trying to get her excited about you know, the grilling and all that kind of stuff and be able to make some stuff for her. But I don't know. I, I have no idea what to do as far as a vegetarian and a grill. What, what would be some good uh, non-meat options for some of my grills? Oh, man. You know, <laughs> I'm a carnivore through and through. <laughs> Give me guess, one, you know, please. I, do, I, do have, <laughs> I, I would do marinated vegetable kebabs. Okay. Because, you know, it, it takes it. He's gone, hasn't he? The, the, the portobello caps on the other, it'll it really eats like a steak. You can cut it with a knife and fork, just like you're eating your ribeye. And it has a really, really great texture to it. So mushrooms are one thing that, that we do all the time. Um, and, you know, zucchini, squash, the typical vegetables, roasted potatoes are awesome on the grill. Uh, you know, you could, you could, you could do that pulled pork and do the, do the big double giant stuff, barbecue potato for yourself and just make your wife a nice smoked potato on the grill and give her some of the cheese toppings and, just let, omit the meat for her on that. that. That'd be something that'd be really great. All right. I'm a, I'm a, I have done potatoes, but I'll, 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 I'll venture into the vegetable where I, it's kind of a strange arrangement because I really don't eat vegetables and she doesn't eat meat. It actually works out nice because we go to the restaurant and we just give each other the other half of each other's plate, but I'm going to have to uh, venture out and touch some of those funguses and whatnot. Uh, some of the cow food and throw it on the grill. Uh, but I want her to get excited about it so that I can get that third grill. A couple more questions here. Um, Number one, you talked about, I heard you talk on your interview a couple of days ago about the four main styles of, of barbecue. You know, you got the, the Memphis and whatnot. There's also supposedly sort of a Chicago style to, to doing barbecue. Do, do you know much about that? I do not. You know, I, I, what I know about Chicago style barbecue is there's a lot of rib shacks. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing they did. They did ribs, but they do them totally different than the way we do low and slow. Most of them are kind of the char grilled ribs. Yeah. Where they cook them over direct fire and, you know, they're constantly grilling and flipping and mopping them and basting them. It's not, you know, they don't use a lot of, you know, bar traditional like barbecue rubs like we do in the South or, you know, competition style stuff. The sauces, it's, it's a little more on the thinner, less sweet, less tomatoey. It's just kind of a neutral. I've, I've had someone send me a bottle of Chicago style barbecue sauce. It's just kind of a neutral flavor, but they're, um, you know, it's just the way they, they took ribs and learned to char grill them low and slow. That's, I mean, it's kind of, it's different because they're not smoked. Right. They don't use a lot of wood when they do it. It's mainly charcoal, but uh, it's not bad. I've had them. They're, it, it eats a little different than the way, you know, it's a little, it doesn't get as tender and as fall off the bone to me as, as you know, you think of when you're, you want to sit down with a slab of ribs. It's a little different style. Yeah, I actually grew up in Illinois, so I, I feel like that's what I understand as barbecue. So. I'm kind of, you know, you go online and all you see is Southern style. And I feel like I need to get back to my roots a little bit and kind of figure out how it's done in the Midwest. And um, I know it's, it's not as common, but I feel like that's the kind of stuff that I'm going to like. So I'm just trying to, trying to learn a little bit more. And, and again, it's not very well known or very popular. So it's kind of hard to get information on that. All right. Final question. Um, let's say I took your grills away from you 
and you couldn't do barbecue, what is your kind of go-to food, whether it's a kind of food or a style like Italian or Mexican or whatever, but you can't do barbecue for a month. What are you going to? Man, you give me my big Cajun crawfish pot and a burner. <laughs> we're fixing to throw down. It's gonna be it's gonna be boiling crawfish and fried fish and shrimp boils and making jambalayas and gumbos and all the stuff that goes with the, our, our friends down south of us in Louisiana. Mate, that's probably my go-to uh, when I'm not doing barbecue. I'm still outside cooking, but usually I got a big pot boiling with something in it. It may or may not surprise you, but I've I've never done that, and I've never even seen anyone do that. But I'm I feel like I'm missing out, man. I hear about all these fun and just delicious sounding food down in the South. And it's one of my favorite things actually about when we go to Florida, we, we drive down there and I always want to stop at all the different restaurants and see different barbecue places and try the different food. I did a, a, a biscuits and gravy tour the one time and I tried biscuits and gravy in every restaurant all the way down South. Cause I don't ever get it yeah. up North, but I love that stuff. Um, I kind of lied to you. I do have one final question. What is and this is probably unfair and, and hard to figure out, but if, if you could take me to one barbecue restaurant somewhere down South, where would you take me? Let's see, man, that's a tough one. Just one, <laughs> one barbecue joint. If I had to take you to show you what barbecue was to me, we would go to Jack's Creek. Um, it's, it's out uh, not too far from Henderson, Tennessee. And it's, I mean, I guess that's the area of Jack's Creek out there where it is, but that's what, when I think of barbecue as a kid, it's way, it's out in the country in West Tennessee. And my dad would, that's where his family was from. Um, they would go out there and they'd get barbecue and they bring it. They only cook like, they start cooking on Friday and they cook hogs. And when they, when the hogs are done on Saturday, they chop them up however you want them. If you want it pulled, if you want it crunchy, if you want it chopped, if you want some ham mixed with some loin or whatever you want, the belly meat. Then you order it just like that off a pit. There's a guy standing there with a big cutting board, pulling it off the hog, chopping it. And once you've tried that style of barbecue, that's that's what that's what I've always been after. You know, trying to to to, to take and build and, and and make perfect barbecue like they do there. It's old school too, man, but it's a cool joint. Well, I, I really do appreciate it. I know you're very very busy and you got a lot going on. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to a couple Packer fans about some food. Um, I hope we can do uh, a lot of good to help you out with the Palmer home. I'm looking forward to, uh, to being able to raise a bunch more money. How long are you running that for? Uh, we're going to take it all the way to Labor Day. Okay, that's what I thought. And I think we're like over 17, so we're getting close to our goal. It's been really great. We really appreciate the help and the support and helping us get the awareness out uh, for these guys. And the, the kids at the Palmer home really appreciate it, too. Yeah, you can check out Malcolm, uh, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram at How to Barbecue Right. I, I, you were smart enough to to use the same thing for all yours. I, I have to tell people all my different names and all my different, uh, uh, but nobody follows me anyway, so it doesn't matter. But again, I just I appreciate uh, you taking the time and uh, you have yourself a great weekend. Thanks, man. It was a pleasure. If you get down get down to a Saints game when they're playing the pack, man, get some of that good New Orleans food. <laughs> That's exactly what I'll do. You take care. All right, have a good one. All right, bye.